from the EP In Memory Of, that was The Resistance Company with Burn. Welcome to Polyrical, a podcast of political music, a topical solution for the water crisis revolution, a soundtrack for the resistors, the agitators, and the fighters working for a better world. If you want to make a recommendation or send me a message, head over to polyrical.com. You'll find a link there to send an email. You'll also find a link there to recommend a song, a topic, or an artist for a future episode, and a link to make a donation to keep this podcast free and independent. Jake Blunt has a brand new album out. The album is called The New Faith, and on it, Jake takes a tour through a lot of uh, early spiritual music and reimagines it and recasts it in this narrative that runs through this album of the aftermath of an eco-catastrophe and the people who survive it and the people who come together to build a new it's a part of this ongoing rich Afrofuturist uh, tradition in literature and art. Here is Jake Blunt from the album The New Faith. This is Take Me to the Water slash Prayer. Take me to the water Take me to the water Take me to the water To be Take me to the water Take me to the water Take me to the water To be cleansed in the eyes of our Creator. We gather here to be washed clean of the sins of humanity. We gather here to reject the greed of our forefathers. Here where dead sea meets withered land. We see the jagged remnants of the old cities piercing the tops of the waves and they pierce our hearts with the revelation. Yours and the Earth's are all the glories that endure. And for all our toil in the end, we must submit to your judgment, as they did.
it is the fate of all humankind to be judged. Our forefathers took without giving, took without need, took things that they had neither desire nor use for, and threw them away. They covered the face of the ancient planet in newborn deserts. They melted the ice at the ends of the earth, drowned the coast, emptied seas and forests of life, filled the very oceans with fire, and were judged. You see the verdict there, in yonder drowned city. We, their children, are cursed to wander, deprived of land that can sustain us by our own ancestors. But we keep the stories. We remember what set man on the downward road. And we don't have to travel very far from that track to get to our topic of the episode. The topic of the episode for this episode is water, and in particular, the water crises, various kinds of crises we face uh, around water. Water is vital to life on Earth, and it's also can be a very destructive force and because of those two different sides of water we face a number of crises related to water and while i kind of phrase them as water crises these really is really are human crises because it's it's our uh misappropriation of water it is our abuse of the environment it is a lot of factors that are um, embedded in our uh, human existence and in the social structures that we've built to manage our coexistence um, that really either directly cause or influence and exacerbate water crises uh, sea level rise is one of the um, existential crises we face um, with the climate crisis uh, and that's a water crisis it is it is too much water in the oceans caused by the heating of the earth caused by largely the extraction and use of fossil fuels with a few other causes as well human agriculture uh, the destruction of forests etc in relation to that we have uh exacerbated weather patterns that weather patterns that have been you know common for millennia uh hurricanes rainstorms um the heating of the earth has exacerbated made a lot of the effects and impacts of that worse as well as our decision on where we build where we live you know, building next to the ocean, building next to large rivers or other large sources of water um, can exacerbate damage when there's flooding. There's been tr some tremendous amounts of flooding around the world lately. Most recently, Pakistan saw enormous, devastating floods with a, a thousand or two people killed directly with millions of people displaced from their homes 
due to the flooding and the destruction of the infrastructure and, and trillions of dollars worth of infrastructure damage. We've seen enormous and destructive floods in eastern Kentucky. We've seen hurricanes. Hurricanes have been common, you know, for millennia likely, but we see them being more destructive and destructive in different ways and more rainfall than than would have otherwise been present without the climate crisis. We've seen recently in Florida, prior to that, uh, hurricanes impacting Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. And interesting among these hurricanes, the Florida hurricanes, which I'm recording this just a day or two after, are dominating the news. Uh, Puerto Rico, the hurricane that struck Puerto Rico two weeks ago, was significant in the news for very short duration and then was was gone. And that same hurricane that had massive impacts in the Dominican Republic, in the U.S. media, those impacts were not even covered. So we see our institutions behaving the way that they were built to behave, focusing attention on areas that are largely white or more white, and diminishing attention on areas that are largely non-white. Here's a track from the compilation album called Singing Clear, Clean Earth, Air, Water, Round Here. This is Aro Vino with Water. Let it run Let it fall 
truth is like the sun Cause once it shines, it shines And you can build yourself a roof But it'll find its way inside And I think struggle is a river That twists its way through time And she's a drop of water Playing her part in the time drops of water falling one by one the carve a canyon and make the river run she's got books beneath her burka she walks off to the side Attempted assassinations I can't stop how hard she tries Illegal school She's teaching them to read and write And the dreams that are born here Are the front lines of the fight Cause it's little drops of water Falling one by one The car, the canyon And make the river And that was Ryan Harvey from the album Can't Turn Back, Songs from the Global Uprisings. That was Drops of Water. One of the other ways in which uh, humans have created crises related to water is through the um, infrastructure and the systems that we built and often poorly maintain to deliver water, deliver fresh, clean, hopefully, uh, water to drink, to cook with, to bathe with, to to clean with, um, to homes, and our our maintenance of these systems, um, even when they were built well to start with, has been abysmal and has been uneven. Um, systems that serve majority white uh, communities have better maintenance and better upkeep than systems that serve predominantly non-white communities. We've all heard and are aware of the, the water crisis in Flint, Michigan, 
uh, similar crises in Newark, New Jersey, and in many, many urban areas and rural areas uh, in which the systems that we built haven't been well maintained. And in, we can think of these as water crises, but really what we have here even deeper, the reason that the infrastructure is failing in certain places and in certain ways isn't really a crisis of water. It's a crisis of systems that are based in white supremacist foundations. Here's a bit of an article uh, published at DefenderNetwork.com about the recent water crises that has struck in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Carrie Wooten spent nearly seven weeks hunting for safe drinking water for herself, her two children, and three dogs after clocking out each day as a Taco Bell manager. So Governor Tate Reeves' announcement that the water is clean again in Mississippi's capital came as welcome news. But the crisis in the city of Jackson isn't over, even if its boil water advisory was lifted on Thursday. While the state plans to stop handing out free bottled water at sites around the city Saturday night, the city said water pressure still hasn't been fully restored, and state health officials said lead in some pipes remains so worrisome that pregnant women and young children should still use bottled water. Quote, the water that's coming out of my kitchen sink smells like fresh sewage. As soon as you turn it on, it hits you right in the face. It's horrible, Wooten said earlier this month. I've tried to give one of my dogs the water, but when she smells it, she won't even touch it. She walks away from it. Wooten said Friday that the liquid flowing into her kitchen sink still smells like sewage, but not as bad as before. And she's glad she won't have to run to distribution sites before their bottled water supplies run out each day. Other residents told the Associated Press on Friday that their water remains too discolored to count on. So now they have to rely on water distribution by community-run charities or buy water again themselves, adding insult to injury. Jackson had already been under a state health department boil water notice for a month when torrential rain fell in August, flooding the Pearl River and overwhelming the treatment system. Water pressure abruptly dropped, emptying faucets for days. How did this happen? Residents, politicians, experts, and activists say systemic racism is the root cause. Jackson's population has declined since 1980, a decade after the city's schools began integrating. Many white families left for the suburbs, leaving less revenue to maintain the infrastructure. Middle-class black people then moved out to escape urban decay and rising crime. State and federal spending never made up the difference. Quote, The legacy of racial zoning, segregation, legalized redlining have ultimately led to the isolation, separation, and sequestration of racial minorities into communities with diminished tax bases, which has had consequences for the built environment, including infrastructure, said Marcus Hendricks, an associate professor of urban studies and planning at the University of Maryland. Other cities across the United States could face similar challenges with aging water systems that are ill-equipped to handle more intense and frequent flooding caused by climate change, experts in water infrastructure and environmental justice told the Associated Press. 
And when it comes to water scarcity and contamination, they say working class communities of color are most vulnerable. Jackson's population is more than 80% black and the poverty level is 24.5% according to the Census Bureau. Majority Black Flint, Michigan has struggled to remove lead from its water since 2014. Other areas where large, poor, or non-white populations lack reliably safe drinking water include major cities like Baltimore and Honolulu, as well as smaller municipalities like Las Vegas, New Mexico, and Benton Harbor, Michigan. Quote, I don't think we realize how deeply ingrained racism is in all of our structures and systems, including infrastructure, said Maisie Brown, 20-year-old student at Jackson State University who was born and raised in the city. Our next track is from the album Black on Both Sides. This is Most Deaf with New World Water. Try it with your friends. New world water makes the tide rise high. Come in, land, and make your house go by. Fools done upset the old man river. Made him carry slave ships and fed him dead niggas. Now his belly full and he about to flood something. So I'm throwing rope that ain't tied to nothing. Tell your crew use the H2 and wise amounts. This the new world water and every drop counts. You can laugh and take it as a joke if you wanna. But it don't rain a full week some summers. And it's about to get real wild in the half. You be buying every yard just to take a fucking bath. Heads is acting wild, sipping raw, pumping dank. Competing with the next man for higher playing rank. So now I ain't got time trying to be Big Hank, fuck a bank, I need a 20-year water tank, cause while these knuckleheads is out here sweating they guts, the sun is sitting in the treetops, burning the woods, and as the flame from the blaze get higher and higher, they say don't drink the water, we need it for the fire, New York is drinking that new world, and all of California is drinking that new world, all your north and down south is drinking that new world, used to have minerals and zinc in that new world, now they say it got lead and stinking that new Push the water table lopsided. Used to be free, now of course you will feed. Cause all tanks for their loaders, they roll across the sea. Man, you gotta cook with it, bathe and clean with it. That's right. When it's hot, summertime, you fiend for it. You gotta put it in the iron you steaming with. That's right. That's what they dress wounds and treat diseases with. The rich and poor, black and white, got need for it. And everybody in the world can agree with this. Consumption promotes health and easiness. Go too long without it on this earth and you leaving it. Americans wasting it on some leisure shit. Another nation be desperately seeking it. Bacteria washing up on they beaches, say Don't drink the water so they can't wash their feet with it Young babies in perpetual needy dish Epidemics hopping up up the Petri dish Controls send a shot to play all secret in To avoid public panic and freaking There are places where TB is common as TB Cause foreign based companies go and get greedy The type of cats who pollute the whole shoreline Have it purified and sell it for $1.25 Now the world is drinking that new Your mom's wife and baby girl is drinking that new Up north and down south is drinking that New world so just water. have to go to your sink for it. New the cash register is going to chink for it. Pearl carbons of monoxide. Got the fish looking cockeyed. Used to be free, now of course you were feed. Cause it's all about getting that cash. Money. Said 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 it's all about getting your cash. Money. Said it's all about getting that cash. Money. Said it's all about getting that cash. Money. Said it's all about getting that cash. Money. Money, it's all about getting that cash. Money, Johnny Cash, Rose and Cash. Money, give me 
everything around me move. up our set of tracks on water that was michelle and degiocello from the compilation album by this fracking album that was never still water here are a few words from barbara ehrenreich barbara ehrenreich recently passed away uh had filled her life with fighting for 
the working class fighting for the folks that are struggling to get by, fighting against the systems that cause those struggles to be necessary. Here is Barbara Ehrenreich. Is capitalism dead? Well, I want to say what an honor it is to be with this uh, distinguished group of people. And I'm, my job here is to um, briefly open up very big questions like capitalism versus socialism, uh, things like that. Um, you have four minutes for that question. I want to point out that um, which, something wasn't sufficiently noticed is that 2008, which was the year of the global financial meltdown, was also the 160th anniversary of the Communist Manifesto's publication. And who knew that the capitalists were going to celebrate that anniversary by shooting themselves? <laughs> and it's, um, you know, and I, I would be, it, it, it's always folly to say this is the end of capitalism. Capitalism is, it, you have to admire it. It's so dynamic, it's so resilient. You know, you push it down, it comes back, it's, it's terrific in that way. And we all know the joke about the Marxist economist who pre correctly predicted uh, 11 out of the last three recessions. You know, so I'm, I'm very cautious about it. But it's just, for now, capitalism is not working. It's not working anymore. And, um, you know, that's why there's suddenly talk of socialism. Suddenly, uh, Obama is being tarred as a socialist. And I say with great respect for the man and not wishing to hurt his feelings or anything, but Barack Obama is not a socialist, all right? You know, um, it, I think, you know, at the very least, uh, what we have to shake off at this moment is the curious religion, and I call it a religion, that Americans have been in the grip of for years, uh, and that is market fundamentalism. The, it, the market as a deity that will take care of everything for us so that we can, you know, eventually uh, all the deserving poor will be wealthy, according to market fundamentals. Eventually, everything will be okay. Now, that has been, has had the, the quality of a religious belief in this country without, you know, without, of course, evidence. And it's, but instead of promoting self-reliance, as it was advertised to, I think it has fostered a kind of collective passivity in our uh, culture, that you don't really have to worry about so many injustices and so many forms of human misery because eventually the invisible hand will come down and smooth all brows and, and to everything. Now, you know, see, if that doesn't work, then it seems to me very simply that the alternative to that religious delusion of market fundamentalism is to determine our own destiny as human beings, to realize that there's not something called the market that's going to do it for us. Um, and I'd say that is the essence to me of what the socialist legacy is. It's this idea, very simple idea, that people can get together and figure out solutions to problems together. You know, that you're not waiting for something uh, else to do it for you. That's, that's really, you know, what, what seems to me so resoundingly inspiring about 19th century socialism and what it leaves to us. But we have a much harder situation. 
uh, than they faced, I think, in the mid-19th century, um, say, European worker, workers' movements. You know, they, they thought at that time that industrial capitalism had done this great thing that had potentially eliminated scarcity from the world. You know, because all it could, you know you could make all this stuff, and the only thing that socialists had to do was take over those means of production and make sure that the stuff got distributed in a better way so that everybody had enough. That was the project of socialism. Now, 160 years later, we can no longer sit back and applaud capitalism for producing unlimited plenty and abundance. In fact, when we look at the world, we have to. <laughs> we have to come to the very sad realization that we are left by capitalism than, with less than what we started with in many ways. That the environmental damage, not only of industrial capitalism, but of industrial so, uh, communism too, I should say, you know, has left us so depleted of so many resources and in danger on so many fronts that I don't think it is crazy or paranoid to say that our, our species uh, faces a threat of extinction as possibility. So I'm just going to wind up by saying, um, <laughs> leaving you with that, um, no, is that it's, 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 not, it's, it's not simply a matter of changing ownership so the people uh, own the means of production or something like that. It is a matter of rethinking what we mean by production and our entire way of life. And that'll bring us to our artist of the episode. The artist of the episode for this episode is Jer. And Jer is a ska punk artist with a album out relatively recently. And if you know Jer at all, you probably know Jer from their ska punk covers of hundreds of uh, popular songs that you may have heard of before. They've gotten quite an uh, amazing following due to their the, the high quality of the covers and the, the energetic uh, display of exuberance in um, sharing those covers with us. You can find that all in Scottoon Network, one of Jar's major projects. In addition to that, Jer has an album out. It is called Bothered Unbothered. Here is the track, Bothered.
understand it. This is a free country. Man can live wherever he wants. Free country? Man, I should fuck you for saying that stupid shit alone. So from the album Bothered Unbothered, that track was You Got Your Blank Card Revoked. Here's a bit from an interview. This interview was conducted and written by Julian Bolton back in 2021 and is published at punksinvegas.com. And the question is, especially in light of this year's events, it's been painfully obvious to me, and I'm sure many other people, how many of these bigger ska bands, as well as their fans, have kept silent. And that's really frustrating. 
I guess I'm just going to alienate people at this point, but personally, I don't want people like that in my scene. But if you feel comfortable, could you share some of your thoughts on that? Here's Jer's response. That's definitely a thing that I don't really understand, and I've seen a lot of people's responses. Like there was a thread somewhere on the Ska subreddit a month or two ago where someone was talking about how happy they are that Real Big Fish didn't say anything about Black Lives Matter in June. And they were saying that they were happy that there were bands out there not saying anything because to them it's their escape. They're like, everywhere I go on social media right now, all you see is politics and Black Lives Matter, and I'm so happy that some bands are being vocal about it while other bands aren't. So you get whatever you want. Like, if you don't want to hear that, you have bands that aren't talking about it. And I responded to that person. I can say this is definitely the mentality a lot of people in Ska have because I've seen that same rhetoric said a million different ways. And that's such a privilege to be able to say that. And you don't realize it's a privilege. This music is built off racial unity and fighting racism, but then you're being complacent to racism. The worst part is racism is not just overt, you know, like someone wakes up like, oh, I'm going to hate black people today. Like, that's not how racism works. Racism is systemic. We are taught to be racist, and most racism that is harmful is covert. It's not overt. It's not out there. It's things like redlining, gerrymandering, like the doll test. I was talking about this recently with somebody else. It's a whole test where they get black youth. The kids were like six, seven, eight years old, and they gave them the option to choose between two dolls. And all the black youth chose the white doll because their whole life they're taught that the way they look is ugly. The way that their hair is, is ugly. You know, things like that. And that's just embedded in our culture. It's embedded in the way things are marketed. It's embedded in the media. It's embedded in music. And all of that takes unlearning. And the fact that there are so many people, especially in punk and ska, a genre that is not only built around being anti-racist, but built around saying, we want to be better than the system, better than the status quo. The system is terrible. And then they're part of the system. They internalize things that are part of the system. So it's like, are you a punk because you hate the system? Or are you a punk because you were 16 year old, years old and you watched SLC Punk once and then you got a mohawk and then you continued being a racist jock? Like, what is it? Make up your mind. And back to the question, kind of on the same wavelength, how can we better create, cultivate and maintain community, particularly for black and or indigenous people of color, as well as queer and trans people of color? Obviously, unfortunately, the quote-unquote mainstream isn't going to do this, although there's definitely a lot of new bands who are doing this amazing work, but I think it's on us now. How do we continue to keep this momentum? And the response. I think in 2020, you saw a lot of good things happening, and so something that I talk about with my partner a lot is how back in June and July and August, Scott 2 Network was doing great in response to the Black Lives Matter thing. 2020 saw a lot of people finally uplifting bands full of black and brown people, especially. And you started seeing people throwing them on their playlists, shouting them out and stuff like that. And that momentum has kind of died down. And I think it's kind of just like Black Lives Matter isn't the hot topic of the week the way it was back in June or July for a lot of people. So a lot of people move on to the next thing. Like the elections are over, Biden won. So in some people's minds, they think we're good now. We won. And it's like, that's not it. 
this racism, etc., is something that's going to take years and years of unlearning and community doesn't get built overnight. So I think it's just maintaining that unlearning racism and always checking yourselves internally and doing the work that you need to do internally, as well as within the community. You know, you have International Non-Binary People's Day. You have lots of bands full of non-binary and queer folk. Why aren't people shouting out these bands? Why aren't the bands pages that shout out bands of all white dudes creating the platform? And at the end of the day, there's still a lot of white men who are taking up too much space on the internet, taking up too much real estate, and their voices are super loud. And they're kind of condescending and talking down to black and brown people and non-men a lot of the time. And that's the work that needs to be cut out from their side of it. I don't think we should be like, shut up, man. But they need to do the internal work. And that's the hard part. It's the internal work. And they have to want to do it. We can't force it. But us as people of color, as black and brown folk, as non-men, I feel like we need to work together to create scenes. Like we're the majority, if you look at it. There are more queer and black and brown and people of color than there are straight white men, you know, and yet straight white men are the ones who gatekeep the music industry. They're the ones who have the clout and the influence. They're the ones who have the platform most of the time. I think it's important that when we do have the platform, that we shout out and we support and uplift other black and brown people of color that we believe in. And that's kind of where I think we need to be as a scene. Here's another track from Jer. This track is called Breaking News. Local Punk Doubts Existence of Systemic Racism.
connection to land and earth identity Never feel like where I belong is a mystery Not a ragtag, plastic personality Built upon everything we grew up on TV Isolated in the suburbs from community The power's unprecedented in Surviving, we vibing, living life, and children ain't crying or dying from a broken nation. Families torn apart, incarceration, trade a hoodie for hips, straight gentrification, and assimilating to a world alienation. Even with the evil empire reign and plus, every single system working against us, we still trendsetters. Go get us, with nothing we make a world better. Could you imagine if we never got robbed and our land and our labor was stolen by the bourgeois? If we weren't targeted by the law, but we coming out on top whether you like it or not. Dystopia, so the system thrives, but our violent screams. But the people gonna wake up and break up because it's not a dream. We're gonna eat the rich, we're gonna feed the kids when there's nothing left to eat. And y'all been warned about your greed, exploiting for your salaries. of the episode set of Jer tracks that once again was from the album Bothered Unbothered that track was Decolonize Your Mind and here's a song from Violet Bell this is the extended version featuring Kaze four letters of the track I Can't Say Nothing 
Are you my ally? Do you really care or do you just feel guilty for being indifferent? Can't say or forgot to mention. Because above all, it is your intentions that is the only hope for things gained, wished and dreamed, but yet never obtained. And we can change now, but only together, and I want to believe you. I want to believe you care, but that trust is broken. So forgive me if history has taught me to proceed with caution. Smiling faces, I fell for these lies far too often. That'll just about wrap up this episode of Polyrical. Remember, you can follow Polyrical on Twitter at Polyrical. You can check out all the back episodes of Polyrical at Polyrical.com. You can hear Polyrical and my other podcast playing 24-7 at MovingTrainRadio.com. If you remember back to episode 139... Uh, the featured artist of that episode was Adim, the artist. And during that episode, I mentioned that Adim was fundraising for their next album. 
That album's coming out in December of this year. But we have a sneak peek. Adim has released a track from that album, which has a great and funny video that goes along with it. This is Adim the Artist, and this track is Going to Hell. Thanks for listening. Play them loud Well, I met the devil at the crossroads And I asked if we could make a deal He seemed puzzled, so I told him the story And he said, none of that shit's real It's true, I met Robert Johnson He showed me how the blues could work The white man would rather give the devil praise Than acknowledge a black man's work Oh, do you really want to go to heaven? Interruption started. Do you wanna go to hell, children? Steam the eyes. Gonna dance around on the fire ground. Devil gonna fiddle out a bluegrass sound. The rooks it'll make Charlie Daniels proud. They play conscious songs in heaven, but in hell we play them loud. Said I give you only freedom. And ask you use it well Love ain't just a feeling That's a goddamn magic spell So we sat there in the darkness And played some songs together But that he wouldn't make no deal with me That's why I'm not better Ah, oh, do you really wanna go to heaven? We get this rapture started Do you wanna go to hell, children? Charlie Daniels Brown They play country songs in heaven But in hell we play them loud Songs in heaven, but in hell we play them loud.